Slow Hello, oh dear listener. This is the first episode of Slowing Down podcast. I'm your host, Jana Slow Akimova. If you're listening from the future, this is how it all began. I'll be inviting and interviewing experts, friends and family members, and just regular people. We'll be talking on topics such as slow food, slow fashion, slow travel, where do we need to slow down, where we don't, and need to act quickly. What is slow, and what is the opposite of slow, when it's beneficial, and when it's necessary, and when it's not a good thing. And my first guest is a very, very special man to me, Remy Silly. He's a sound genius and my favorite musician, Klatu. We're also now in the Audio Z Studios, in the heart of Montreal, where Remy works. But let me give him a word to introduce himself. So, hello, Remy. Hey. Hey, Jana. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Thank you for being my first ever guest. It's, uh, it's my pleasure. It's an honor to be at the starting line for this really cool project. If you could just talk a little bit about yourself, what you do, and uh, where we are currently. Yeah, yeah, cool. So I'm a sound engineer at Audio Z Studios downtown, uh, where um, my boss has graciously uh, given us the opportunity to uh, to record this project here. And so um, I, I do sound design here. I do all kinds of... Um, music projects, voiceover, a lot of voiceover. I do um, some sort of adaptation for the uh, world of commercials um, and advertising, but also some uh, sort of, uh, you know, cinema, some linear storytelling stuff and some um, public spaces sound design and museum sound design. So, yeah, we have our hands in a lot of cookie jars. <laughs> wow, that's fantastic. I like the range and like the beautiful scope of different uh, possibilities and projects. So if I may ask you, um, in terms of what you do, for example, at work, what would you consider slow and not slow if this term is even applicable for what you do? Yeah. Um, well, the first thing that comes to mind is this is like the world of advertising, mostly. That's how this uh, studio sort of uh, sort of has, has evolved over the past few decades. And uh, I mean, it started in in the '90s, and I mean, the world of advertising has evolved a lot since then. But it's definitely started off as a fast-paced, um, crazy kind of like you know, if you've seen Mad Men, the series, it, I mean, it goes further back, but it's usually very fast-paced and, like, you have to come up with concepts really quickly. And mm-hmm. and so I, I'm, I'm definitely aware of, like, the passage of time in the world of audio recording and studio time in particular. And um, for me, slowness is something you have to create um, sort of in your mind artificially in those moments. And so the relationship between a real-life sort of passage of time and then the illusion of what I would call studio hyperspace time and it's what a lot of musicians will feel also when they're on stage it's the same thing and it was my dad actually that sort of uh, brought that up uh, a long time ago um, he's a classically trained guitarist 
And so, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, since I did a bit of music as well in, in my um, sort of in another life before I, I uh, decided to get into post-production and, and sound design, I was, I was more of a percussionist and I did lots of live performance. And that's also where I felt that sort of shift in your mind of the perception of time. And when you're in front of an, an audience, everything seems to like go so fast and everything seems to be so um, urgent. And if there's a moment of silence, mm-hmm. it can feel like hours if it's just like, you know, two seconds. So I, I would say that when when people step into the studio space, um, especially if they're new to that, it, it definitely feels that way. But as a sound engineer, it's your job to sort of reassure people and and bring people down and actually slow people down when when that time arises sometimes just to give them that sense of comfort and that sense of like um just the 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 space the safety of that space to to perform um to the fullest of their ability mm-hmm. so if i may go back a little bit and um so you mentioned briefly how uh, your father Uh, taught you about the slowness and uh, could you please talk a little bit more about that and maybe connect that to the workflow you uh, na- nowadays experience yeah so my my dad was he's a very uh, he's a very wise person and he has a lot of experience when it comes to uh, the world of uh, just arts management and and also performance Um And so he he was a guitarist, but he then got into administration. And um, I remember as as a kid, you know, I'd see him perform, and and then if I would perform, he would give me feedback after when I was doing percussion, sort of, or jam sessions or anything like. Um, you know, he he was very supportive of that, so I'm really lucky to to have him around. And and yeah, some of the earliest sort of feedback I got when I was studying more seriously at school and starting to do starting to explore like classical percussion and, and doing classical pieces then he really brought in that that point of like man you really have to slow down when you step on stage you have to make a conscious effort to to calibrate your sense of time because mm. you'll just rush through material and that's how you start to make mistakes especially if you're if you're performing sort of a written piece or anything like that mm-hmm. and when you're you're not ready for it the nervous factor will actually affect how you perceive the fa- the passage of time and people watching are actually usually some will share and, and sort of be empathic to some stress you might feel but most of them are like totally relaxed and like okay i'm just going to watch a show mm. right and so their their perception of time is like really <laughs> relaxed so if two seconds of silence goes by for them it's nothing <laughs> and so yeah one of the earliest lessons i guess from from my dad was like simply make that effort consciously to think about slowing down your own breathing for example as you step on stage and just like remember that it's it feels faster for you mm. but for everybody else it's kind of just like regular time wow that's fascinating so would you say that stress accelerates our perception of time oh definitely definitely wow so how would you extrapolate that uh to the workflow so for what i do nowadays Mm -hmm. in post-production i would say at first when i started doing sessions with clients it was still like that performance that you put on even though you're not a musician you're still in a performance 
mode, if you will. You're, it's somewhere between like a, like a hotel, you know, clerk, and you're greeting guests into the studio, and then part of your mind is also like the sound engineer, the sound designer, and and the the pair of ears and the critical listening, and and but but a lot of it is just keeping your your hand on on the the pulse of the the room and just mm-hmm. being able to just tune tune yourself to to the people around you and make sure you're vibing with them and make sure you understand what their their needs are and and or if they're even heard and when you're new when I was new I was worrying about everything so it was very much like I was back on stage as a kid and I had to learn to really slow down because of course that's where you can make mistakes in mm-hmm. your workflow and and you can um you know, play a sound way too loudly and you'll forget that there are people in the booth with headphones and their hearing might get hurt, you know, and that's super uncomfortable for, for talent. And so you have to remember the kind of the, the power you wield over the situation. Every time you press play, um, people don't know what it is they're hearing. They just intuitively will use their ears to hear. So there's so much to think about and all that stress accelerates time again. And then you think you have to overperform to mm-hmm. compensate, but that overperformance is unnecessary. In the same way, people entering the room usually are more relaxed than you are. Well, in the world of advertising, though, there are definitely people who can be already stressed before they enter the room. But that's just professional. That's a part of like working in the advertising world. I mean, there are tight deadlines for every department. You know, the mm-hmm. art department and everything. And usually, everything comes together towards the end of the production uh, chain. Uh, and and sound is at the end of that, so you have a culmination, a snowball effect of all the um, sort of uh, uh, delays in the mm-hmm. production accumulate and and reach the apex uh, <laughs> or the turning point in the studio, and so you you have to be extra careful not to add to any of that stress, and so you have to be a person who's relaxed and just like taking care of of people's uh, projects and bringing them to their fullest potential. Right. So it's fascinating to me because there is this uh, very fast pace of advertisement and at the same time within this fast flow you need to create some sort of slow like liminal spaces right between. Mm-hmm. So um, another question would be like about regulating the stress. So, for example, as your dad said, or uh, as I think you mentioned, if I'm not mistaken, about um, slowing down the, for example, talent who might be not an actor, right, professional. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what would be the easiest, like, simultaneous solutions for slowing down when it's necessary? Um, usually you just kind of... Um, you show empathy with the person. You connect with them on on the elephant in the room. You know this expression? It's Mm -hmm. like the most obvious thing that sometimes nobody wants to bring up, but it actually is a relief once you sort of bring it up. Mm -hmm. And for talent, for example, that has not been in a studio before and you can see that they're visibly shaken, you have to empathize with them. You have to say like something like, hey, so here we are in the studio. It's, It's super normal to be, you know, a little 
little freaked out by by hearing your own voice and like mm-hmm. I definitely remember how it was the first time for for me being in the in the booth mm-hmm. and uh, just remember that because it's so quiet it doesn't mean you can't uh, relax your voice and speak loudly because a lot of people will actually speak super 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 quietly mm-hmm. in the booth because they hear their 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 voices so intimately and then they're they're just like in the headphones it's yeah, like yeah. Ins- uh, like you're speaking inside of your head yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so people forget they can go <sighs> and just like take a breath you know like yeah just take a deep breath so i'd invite them to to just take a deep breath actually and mm. um i remember my choir teacher uh taught us uh back in cjep uh cjep is sort of like pre-university in mm-hmm. quebec uh, in the province of quebec um so basically the um the uh, teacher there in in our choral um uh course our, which is like a mandatory course for everybody in the music department uh she mm-hmm. would teach us to uh at the start of the class to take a deep breath and breathe in in the nose through your lower back and if you just try that it's almost like a a deeper breath than you'd expect and it's this little funny trick that uh causes you to kind of expand your chest a little more than you normally would um and i can't really say exactly what is going on in in my lower and like my abdomen and my diaphragm when i imagine that trick of sort of pretending i have nostrils in my lower back and mm-hmm. and inhaling through them <laughs> but it it's it's awesome and that little trick uh usually gets people more relaxed and i think breathing is a huge part of it and right. uh especially when the person in the booth their craft their job in that moment goes through their vocal cords that's the product and so you have to make sure at all costs that they are relaxing their vocal cords right. as much as possible yeah wow that's fascinating i am tempted to go in details on this body mind breathing However, um since we don't have really much time during our first episode, I want to uh, maybe tap into the idea of where slowing down maybe is a negative thing and how do you navigate these two things? If slowing down might be negative and positive. So where is the balance between? You have to slow down for the sake of staying relaxed, but your hands have to move rather quickly on the mouse and keyboard and <laughs> make sure that you're um that you're not getting stuck on something that would be fun to kind of dwell on for example you know calibrating the the, the quality of the voice you know to get it just just right mm-hmm. and when especially when you're learning you you kind of lean on that technicality a bit more than usual because you're still yourself calibrating your sense of hearing in uh a work environment that might might be new you know and and after a few years only after like a couple years even three four almost like a decade you know do you do you really start trusting your ears as a sound engineer and like you start to get a bit more efficient in how you um how you work mm-hmm. so i would say that slowness is something that you have to show on the outside but on the inside you have to be really fast you have to be like you know a a super chill dude on the outside and on the inside you have to be like 
you know, like clicking all the like you know that GIF of like Ghost in the Shell with like the, right. the multiple like hands <laughs> clicking on the yeah. <laughs> on the keyboard, and so yeah. Wow, that makes me think about the technology progress, right? So I have a background in like video making, right? And I started as a video editor at uh, the television, mm-hmm. and if I were in the 1925th, let's say, at the beginning of I don't know, audio um, cinema. And if I would film a movie, I would have so much physical film that I would need to lock myself in a basement for like two years to just cut the films, right? So in the digital world, I don't need to physically cut the tape, right? Or like a film. I can do this all in the programs. So that would probably liberate me from a labor of cutting physically the film. And you would think that I would have more free time. But instead of having free time, I would just start producing more videos and films, right? (laughs) So that's where I'm leaning towards too, is that like, are we capable of actually joining the free time? You would think that Mark Zuckerberg probably has a lot of free time, but it doesn't seem like it. It's like that movie, In Time. I think it's with Justin Timberlake? I haven't watched that. It's one of those movies that I remember the premise more than the, the plot. You know All what right. I mean? Like, yeah. the premise is worth it alone, mm-hmm. but the plot might be like, eh whatever you know it's like another sort of american action movie but it's a it's a society where it's a true transposition of like money equals time time equals money Mm -hmm. and so everybody has a deadline on their wrist it's like a bio watch and if they run out of time they die and when they go to work every day they don't get money in their bank account they get time in their body so really 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 rich people have like billions of hours And really, really poor people have like five hours and then the next day their hour goes to like one hour left and then they start their next shift. Oh, that would make Bezos older than our son. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) exactly, exactly. I mean, there's somebody do the math. Somebody out there, reach out to (laughs) Zana and do the math. Like if if every hour was like a dollar, how, how, uh, how old would... Uh, Bezos outlive our yeah. planet Earth and yeah. the sun. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah, so uh, I guess what I'm trying to say mm-hmm. is that, um, well, actually, I forget what your initial sort of line of questioning was, if you remember it. Yeah, so it's just uh, the idea of, uh, if I would just rewind backward, so the idea of automation and uh, the free time that when you automate something, it seems like you oh, yeah. liberate uh, yeah. the time, but then our fast-paced brains are not really enjoying the slowness of the yeah, free we're time. Still, we still find ways of staying busy exactly. right? and, and yeah. still find ways of having no time. Yeah. Well, to that I say that's sort of a binary way of looking at it. Either you succeed or you, you don't. And right, So I think that if you have more time, it's a bit like if you have more money. And it's not about the dollar amount, what it means is wealth. So now we've just equated slow 
with wealth. And wealth is not necessarily tied to money. Some people claim they have a very rich life, livelihood or, or like rich lives. And they're a bridge. Because <laughs> you know, they have like amazing friends or right, like some of the right. best people in their lives and they feel wealthy, you know, because mm-hmm. of how happy they are. So I think that if you give a little bit more of that to people who are super starved of it, uh, it's pushing the right direction. To say that we will never be fully slow is like saying we'll never be fully satisfied, but more satisfaction is still better. So right. I think it's important to push towards getting people more time, and even if they'll immediately use it and still feel like they're busy and they're like, oh my God, I wish I had more time, that's kind of like normal. And it's a bit like... Um, in uh in this um mm-hmm. this audio book i'm reading it's uh scott barry kaufman uh transcend the new science of self actualization mm-hmm. um he talks about like one of the sort of like a uh, key metrics or s- sort of a, a heuristic rather to evaluate if you're in a good place in life is like do you want more of something that you already have mm-hmm. but are left wanting more of or are you in a state constantly of wanting what you can't possibly have? All right. And so it's not like there's a perfect solution, right? There's always this wanting more, but it's better to have that first option, mm-hmm. right? Where you're like, oh, that was awesome. I-, I know I could do it again. I just, I don't have more time, but I can make it happen next week again. Versus like, I'll never be rich. I'll never attain that. Right. I might as well just die. You know, and like those are two different kind of desires. Those are two different kind of drives. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people want this unattainable stuff in life. And if they can't have it, they're miserable. But right. then people also who don't realize how lucky they are enjoy things, right? All right. And they have those things and they can have them again, but they always feel like there's not quite enough. And that's a better problem. It's just that it's their problem for not realizing that that's awesome. That's a good problem. So, right. yeah. yeah, I don't know if you get yeah. it. Like people, people like need to realize that it's normal to want more of something awesome that you already have and that you're right. able to just sort of plan and like enjoy again mm-hmm. versus like this envy of like this emptiness of like wanting retributive justice constantly. For wanting what you don't have yeah it's like the contrapoints never thing. had yeah it's like yeah. the contrapoints video we saw about uh mm-hmm. um the envy the, the envy right envy mm-hmm. is different than just casual jealousy it's right. like you want somebody to fail because you can't have what right. they have well um i want to go back to the beginning so we kind of jumped i i did it sorry but <laughs> no i did it <laughs> no i did <laughs> we jumped it all over the place <laughs> My question would be, for example, when you just leave the studio and you go into your daily life, so what are the things which you maybe learn from the workflow which you can um, use in your daily life uh, beyond the work? I think listening. Uh, Even though my job is to listen, I can still improve listening. Mm -hmm. I mean, really listen to someone speaking. And Mm -hmm. the biggest thing I've learned is to catch myself when I'm in a conversation with someone Mm -hmm. and they're talking and then I'm paying attention for a brief second, but then my attention wavers as soon as I find some clever comeback or some clever addition to the conversation. Mm. 
And it's amazing to try and catch yourself in that moment and say, okay, I get it. But while you're thinking about this awesome idea, you've immediately stopped paying attention to the rest of what the person's saying. And you've just lost like 10 words of what they said, maybe two sentences, maybe even three sentences. Because you're in your mind, you're like, oh yeah, and then I'll say this. Oh, and then I should say this. Oh, and this is really awesome. Oh yeah, this is really cool. Okay, when can I plug this in? They just finished their sentence, and now I can say that thing I wanted to say. And that whole process cost you like six seconds or six sentences, mm-hmm. however you want to look, la- look at it. But you've just lost data. That's like packet loss. <laughs> That's straight up like data loss right. between two nodes trying to share information. And the biggest thing is that like it has to do with sort of your humility and your ability to let go of your ego when you think you have this hot idea. Mm-hmm. And to trust that the main purpose, at least in my job, is first to listen and then to make people feel comfortable and to make people feel that they are heard, that Mm -hmm. their ideas are heard. And when the time comes to implement them, then we we can talk and I can exchange and offer feedback or perspective. But it's much more about listening. And Mm -hmm. so I would say that I have still uh, lots to learn in that regard. Cool. Well, that's fascinating because as soon as you started talking about that, I'm like, oh my God, am I catching? Uh, it's like, am I doing this? Am I thinking about like uh, what I can say? Blah, blah, blah. Okay, pay attention, pay attention. So it's really cool. It like brought me into the moment of now. And while I was really trying my best to pay attention to every word you were saying, on the surface, like on the back of my like, brain, there was another question which just arrived. And uh, maybe just to wrap up our conversation for today, mm-hmm. where would you like to slow down? And where would you not particular want to slow down? And maybe the opposite, you would like to speed up. So mm. if you may share it, if yeah. I may ask it. Yeah. If it's too personal, I mean, no, you can it's keep fine. it to yourself. <laughs> That's a good question. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I wish I had four days of work and I believe in the four day work week Mm -hmm. and I would work faster in those four days and enjoy more slowness on the three days after. Um, That's the first thing that came to mind. It's not something sort of realistic in the sense that it's not something I can implement just because I, I want to. It's something of a bigger societal shift. Mm-hmm. But it is the first thing that came to mind. On a more personal level, I don't know, it comes to comes down to um, the feeling of having time is what I seek out the most. And the way I would do that before is by truly just like not planning and not like pretending I don't have any responsibilities and just like ditching some responsibilities Mm -hmm. and you create a bubble of like and this is only possible on like weekends right and like if if you plan properly and just really try to get things sorted before that bubble of time whatever it is if it's a weekend or if it's a part of a weekend or if it's like an afternoon maybe if you're not doing the like five-day work week thing it could be anything it's a bubble of time where you plan for nothingness Mm -hmm. and to not be disturbed and then in that moment, 
you allow yourself to forget or or try to just forget um, the passage of time. Right. And I don't know how to do it. It's like <laughs> I I have I have an idea. It's just again like just a, an image came to my mind while you I was paying attention to what you were talking about. <laughs> um, earlier you mentioned this um, how when you come on stage, everything accelerates. So mm-hmm. the image which came to my mind is that you're walking away from the stage, and you go like behind the stage, you know? Mm, yeah. And that's where you have this kind of limitless feeling of time. Beautiful. I love it. Wow, cool. All right, I think it's it, it's good. <laughs> Till the next time. Amazing. Thank yeah. you so much. Be my guest. Oh, oh, oh. Cool. Amazing. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Wow.